nya 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 pa mba babwe zimbabwe <clears throat> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to Progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's all about that green hat. And a Mercedes logo over it. It's Hamilton, 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 Hamilton. Wherever you go, it's Hamilton. And well-deserved Hamilton. This is the Inside Line F1 podcast. Kunal Shah, Rishi Kapoor, both were present, both watched the race. And both were impressed with Hamilton. What say, Kunal? Absolutely, Rishi. I think it was a brilliant race. You know, you and I are slightly biased against him. And we are always cheering for a Nico Rosberg. Yo. But I must say that he deserves our applaud for this weekend's drive. Come on. I mean, he just took Nico right, left and center. And if he's one pitch stop ahead of Nico and about two pitch stop ahead of the rest of the world, I mean, he must have had something up his sleeve, even in Australia that we would never know. Yeah, we'll never know about Australia. And, you know, in his words, and I'm guessing this is PR talk, is he actually blew Rosberg away. But but the other thing, you know, I'm going to bring this into context, Rishi, is Lewis Hamilton is a brilliant talent. That he's won only one world championship till now. Is a, is a puzzling question for himself as well as for his fans. But he's won a Grand Prix in each of the seasons he's competed in. That is something Michael Schumacher hasn't done. So that's great. So let's applaud again. Whoa, whoa. Woo! Okay, getting to Hamilton and getting to know Hamilton is, 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 a, is a very interesting column we read in BBC where he actually said that I am working very hard. I'm not physically stretched but technically stretched. And the driving is not so easy but it's not so complex. I was just not understanding what he was trying to say, but there was something PR and, and, and some something of that sort involved in it. <laughs> yes, Rishi, what you and I read actually was more to do with PR. And let's let's bring out a few few elements that he mentioned. He explained the difference in breaking points between a qualifying lap and a racing lap. And he's explained lift and coast, etc., etc. He's tried to make it ambiguously complex. Okay. But very simply put, if you're breaking at 80 meters for a qualifying lap, he said that in a race, typically he'd break at 200 meters, okay, which means he's breaking 120 meters before. And whatever little bit of racing I've done and I've learned in life, Rishi, okay, you're always taught to break at the latest possible distance or the earliest possible distance to a corner with maximum pedal pressure. Because the logic is very simple. The more the time on the accelerator, the faster you go. It's very simple, you know, all these years through GB2, through karting, through Formula 3s of the world, these guys want to go fast, 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 fast and reach Formula and when you reach Formula 1, you're asked to go slow. Is that funny? That is funny and you know, it's very interesting you brought up the Junior Formula A because the biggest difference as you're going up the motorsport ladder is your ability to break later into the corner, carry more speed into the corner because there's a difference between the mental perception and the physical perception of the car in terms of speed. 
Okay. And imagine if the guy who won yesterday, who we just applauded, says that he's breaking 120 meters before a corner. It doesn't seem right to me, Rishi. It doesn't seem right. And you can hear the brakes. That's because you can't hear the engines. But somehow, if you ask me, and I was a little skeptical about, uh, skeptical about how these engines would sound in Malaysia, I thought they were sounding okay. I thought the racing took over the engine sounds. And, and that's how it's been always for me. And I'm kind of getting used to it. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what human memory is all about. Both of us are probably getting used to the engine sounds or the lack of it. However, I do suspect they will install onboard microphones to make to amplify it on television. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing I can still not get used to is the adult nose designs. Oh God, some need to be censored and how. You know, but when one says that I am as a driver stretched technically... I don't believe that because you know everything in a Formula 1 happens through a supercomputer. The computer decides what to do. Maximum the engineer comes and tells you, okay, you lift here, you coast here, you go flat out here. During these laps, you need to push your tires. During these laps, you don't. This is the camera, etc., etc. What is a Formula 1 driver doing? All those buttons sometimes just look like Jensen buttons. <laughs> you know, even I was a little surprised when Hamilton said that he's pushed far more this year, but technically... I mean, let's face it, they are not rocket scientists, you know, managing those rockets on wheels. They are drivers, they're supposed to go fast. To me, it now is about managing the car technically to be the most efficient driver and car on the grid rather than the fastest one. And I I loosely remember reading this somewhere. But the the fastest lap of the race this year was some three or four odd seconds slower than uh, the lap times that we saw last year. Yes, it is to say that the cars will go quicker, but I will certainly not believe the drivers and the cars are still being pushed to their limits. Okay, to the limit pushing was actually seen only by Mercedes because they're really confident of their car and they really look good and all. But you know what? Red Bull is coming and Red Bull is coming fast and they're like, you know, they're like a, a tiger trying to hunt down the prey and they're really coming fast because I could see them beat one Mercedes almost. The other Mercedes may not be very far. Absolutely. The biggest learning for everyone, including Mercedes, and I'm sure they've made a note, is that Red Bull were not as bad as everyone thought in the preseason tests. I mean, Let me put it this way. Given the lack of preseason testing and the amount of jokes we've all cracked, it's pretty embarrassing for a few of the other top teams who did multiple race simulations to come to come to the second race of the year and being beaten black and blue and convincingly by the purple and blue red bulls <laughs> very well put but you know coming back to the race and there's something that really surprised me was the silver arrows pitting so late i mean they really didn't need to pit they had all the time in the world all the gap in the world and they had the pace in the world to not pit about six or seven laps going into the end of the race and they just reacted to the competition didn't they it was a cascading effect it was just to make sure that if somebody's put on fresher set of tires, especially the mediums, given the kind of advantage that Alonso in the end had over even a Hulkenberg in the last five, seven laps, it was a cascading effect. It was to make sure that they had covered their bases. I mean, I would rather use a set of tires if they're available and if I have the time to do so, than give it back to Pirelli. Ah, now that you bring it up, I thought Hulkenberg was fantastic. He got the two-stop strategy pinpoint perfectly. He could push, he could coast, he could just, you know, take care of the machinery. But I personally feel on a three-stopper, he could have been as fast and possibly ahead of Alonso is what my inner feeling is. Well, you know what I'm going to do, Rishi, is I'm going to speak to his engineer. I'm going to send you his race notes and maybe you can actually do the data comparison. If only we could do that. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, general overview of the race. Do you think the race was interesting, boring? Where would you put it in terms of entertainment value as a as a viewer? I think it was interesting in parts and boring in the, the other parts. Uh, I think for any Malaysian GP to be interesting, they need team orders and a multi-21 and a multi-masa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what happened there? 
I don't know. It was it was unexpected. I think it was it was a it was a, a knee jerk reaction from Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bottas was as close. Maybe it woke Mas up. Maybe that's what you need to do his to his psychology as a driver as well. What's your view, Rishi? I also believe that well, Bottas would have not got Jensen. Jensen benefited with the whole drama, and we got some entertainment to talk about. But uh, if I'm Massa, I would say, "Hey, I changed from Ferrari. I'm not getting the big bucks that I was getting there, and I've come here not to hear the same message again. And if I'm possibly faster than Bottas, then I'm going to stay that way. It, 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 otherwise, it'll hurt my ego so much." I'm sure it's already hurt his ego. In fact, there are lots of jokes that started flying around the minute the message was relayed. But you know, Rishi, interestingly. If only he'd have shown this spine when he was a Ferrari driver. But of course, during his Ferrari days, I'm sure it was written in his contract that he's a number two. And one of the reasons why he could defy Williams's orders is because it's probably not written in black and white. And this is the gray area. That's a gray area, but I'm going to talk about a little bit of red that I'm really concerned about. Raikkonen is my man. And when Raikkonen doesn't do well, I'm a little disappointed. All throughout the practice sessions, he was faster than Alonso. Rain came and he couldn't do well in qualifying. And then in the race, Magnussen came and did what he had to do. I think, you know, he and Ricciardo are really, really unlucky. Ricciardo with all the talent and Raikkonen with all the experience should have had more on the board than they do. I think we should call Bhajis to solve their sade sattis. <laughs> Maybe you should probably explain that to our non-Indian viewing audiences, <laughs> Rishi. <laughs> yeah, so the stroke of bad luck that these these two have and, and uh, Ricciardo in, in particular now is going to be having a grid penalty for Bahrain as well. So that's not great and, and uh, well, you know, Raikkonen is, is just so talented to not look as dismal as he is looking. Also, very, very, very uh, surprised about is, is why the, the flow meter on Ricciardo's car Always faulty. I think they're using components that was designed for Weber. (laughs) Very possible, you know. And uh, it's so disastrous for a Red Bull number two driver every single season. Every single season, the Ferrari unprecedented number one, numero uno is Fernando Alonso. His car number is 14. I think he should change it to four officially because that's where he ends up no matter where he starts. (laughs) No matter what the changes in the season, the rules are, he always, always looks well ordinary because that car is not capable of doing the heroics yeah you know like we spoke in the previous episodes that the regulations may change the rules may change everything will change but nothing really changes for a ferrari and a fernando alonso <laughs> that's called consistency i tell you michael consistently won and now you keep believing that it was just because of michael we are yes uh, michael and ross Braun have been thanked by mercedes for making a great car that they are using this year for their advantage but the other silver car, which is the Magnussen car, got some penalty. A five-second stop-go penalty during a pit stop, which I think is a great way of penalizing a driver because it still doesn't kill and finish his race forever. Yeah, Rishi, evolution of the penalty point system this year is extremely good. We saw what happened to Magnussen, okay, and the five-second stop-go penalty during a pit stop. So he's overall saved another 23-odd seconds on his, on his race time, which is brilliant. It allowed him to get back into the points. But I still am in a big bag of feelings for what has been dished out for Ricciardo. I know. I mean, it was totally not his fault. And, you know, when they say you uh, win as a team and you lose as a team and you're penalized as a team as well. But yes, it's getting a little more complex. You know, you have in-race penalties, post-race penalties and Ricciardo had both. Yeah, he had both. And let's, let's not forget, we also have penalty points this year. 
okay which is brilliant for the drivers because if you have an infringement which you can be given a reprimand for okay and you can be given a few penalty points for at least it doesn't ruin your racing weekend you accumulate these points over the season and you know we'll probably expect maldonado to lead the race out here mm-hmm. but if you consistently commit errors and issues during the season are you then penalized so it's it's actually really good from a driver's point of view but from a fan's point of view rishi it's extremely confusing okay you got to remember some six odd components of the power unit when they change it if you're allowed which one etc let me start let me start mguk okay. that's for me to say you should have said mguh okay mguh there's an mguk there's a tc there's an ec and i don't want to go further then you have number of gearboxes now you got number of penalty point systems as well i mean just how much is a formula 1 fan supposed to remember every single grand prix the only thing he doesn't know right now the formula 1 fan is what is the pecking order because formula 1 is confusing the pecking order is confusing as well i mean we know mercedes is really quick vettel and red bull are the clearest second numbers right now trying to catch up and become the number ones but then after that i'm really confused whether it's mclaren whether it's ferrari whether it's so rumored williams and massa or uh, or it's a sahara force and f1 which one is it like you said it's always going to be a rosberg versus a hamilton and let's let's hope red bull catches up sooner than we all expect them to but it's it's extremely difficult i mean if williams get their saturday pace right maybe they'll be up there fighting i don't know you know ron dennis said that mclaren are going to make half a second up in malaysia but i think they probably went backwards ferrari seem puzzling and that man nico halkenberg is always there it's damn difficult to call the shots for bahrain but what's your view My view is it's going to be more confusing in Bahrain because you know whatever they've tested is during the day and it, it's a night race and the temperatures will fall by 15 degrees so all the data that they have may not apply at all but whatever it is it's the same for everyone wherever you are in the world you'll be listening about it from us in detail well there are back to back grand prix and we like it we want a race like every third day what do you say yeah pretty much every second day the third day we record <laughs> 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 and we try a little bit of humor as well that is rishi kapoor kunal shah kunal shah and rishi kapoor get together to get you inside line f1 week after week after week who do you think is going to win in bahrain tough choice but uh, it's probably between a rosberg and hamilton and i think it's going to be hamilton ah ditto see we agree on something is that even possible <laughs> me 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 but also you The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a fowl of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.